0: Making a low-budget film is like going to war, only you're not General MacArthur in World War II. You're more like some kind of guerrilla Viet Cong soldier trudging through the jungles, uh, using your guile and your wit uh, to survive. Um, I think, man, I don't know. I'm not a filmmaker, uh, but uh, this is what I've heard. Uh, This is Matt, I'm alone today on the Grindhouse Podcast, and uh, Dave is on vacation, and um, it's just me, even uh, Jess, the Australian woman that does her outros, she's she's gone, she's also on vacation, they're both off in Europe having a great time, Uh, so this is going to be kind of a different show today, it's just going to be me by myself, but uh, if you'll stick with us, uh, or stick with me, I guess, right, Uh, we should have a lot of fun. all right welcome once again to the grindhouse podcast putting the sin back in cinema every week for your listening pleasure i am like i said in the intro i am matt and i'm all alone today uh i'm gonna to try to do this thing by myself uh dave's on vacation and he's having a great time going and i think he's in the czech republic today watching a metal festival It sounds awesome uh, I'm jealous. I'm sure everyone would like to be there with you, Dave, and we hope you make it back safe. Uh, so today I was going to talk about the, uh, AMC show preacher, uh, preacher based on the comic book by Garth Ennis. Uh, it's a really cool show. If you haven't seen it about a uh, preacher that gets, um, the power of God. And he kind of goes off on a mission with a Scottish vampire to, um, try to, uh, I guess, uh, talk to God. I don't know. Uh, it's it, that, that's all coming, uh, but it's coming into its third season and it's doing really well. And, um, so I was, I was going to talk about that, but then, uh, it started to occur to me that I, I don't do so well talking about these shows without my partner in crime. And, uh, so I thought there's something else that we've been putting off for a while. Uh, we've, we get a lot of, um, a lot of questions from listeners wanting us to, you know, wanting answers from the, from the wise people at the grindhouse podcast and i would say that uh you're in a, for a treat because i do, i do think of of the duo uh you may be listening to the more wise of the two um i i try to be a source of wisdom where i can and uh take the things i've learned uh from my uh very limited experience and share them with you so today what we <laughs> what we're going to do today is we're going to open up the mailbag. That's right. We, we get handwritten letters from our listeners. We don't. We, and there's no mailbag, obviously. We've never, we've never provided an uh, address for you to send letters to because uh, internet, obviously. But we have, uh, we have a lot of questions that we get in the social media uh, realm that um, we we answer. We try to answer when we can. But um, today we're going to try to, I'm going to try to... Stop saying we. Uh, I'm going to try to answer all of them. That we've been putting off all all that we have left so uh so let's let's get into it let's open up the the listener mail bag and and see what's in the in the in the bag all right so our our first question comes through us comes to me from dirty d williams who asks what's the episode about what okay i hmm. i guess I don't know what episode he was but would have been referring to this when we got this, but, uh, I guess we could, today's episode is about you, the listeners and your questions and life in general art. Uh, will we'll actually, we'll just, we'll just have to see dirty D we'll just gonna have to find out. All uh, right. All right. So there, there's, there's, there's one down. All right. Moving on. We got, uh, from Dr. Poopski who asks, are you regular? Uh, okay. Wow. That's not supposed to be in the mailbag. That's, I don't know how that got in there. Uh, one of the first, uh, things that Dave and I did when the uh, big endorsement checks started coming in from doing the show was we made a commitment that we would, we wouldn't jump in and buy a bunch of toys and stuff right away. We would, we would spend it on personal growth and health. And so we hired a specialist that he's kind he's kind of like a nutritionist that specializes in the, um, how do I put this gently? The, uh, the leavings of the body. He's, uh, it's, it's a, a very specialized field of, uh, holistic medicine in which you focus, uh, specifically on, uh, that part of your diet that, um, the after effects of your diet will say. And so, uh, he's, he's, he's been a real help to both of us. And, um, he's taught, I mean, God, he's taught, it's, it's more than just, you know, like a nutritionist teaches you what to eat, have a lot of fiber. It's more than that. It's, it's like wiping techniques it's uh how it's supposed to look in the bowl um he's he's taught us a yoga technique that um it's just revolution you might have heard of like the squatty potty and the kind of the movement to stop sitting on the uh, the toilet uh well we've got a, a technique that poopski taught us where um it's it's like if i when i'm when i'm doing that business in a Public place or uh, visiting a friend's house, I have to make sure that door is locked. Because if you were to open that door, you would see something that that might be a little shocking to the average person. Uh, we both now we don't sit anymore, and we don't use a squatty potty either. Uh, what what we do is a technique where we kind of stand on the rim and just squat over it. You know, a lot more like our tribal ancestors squatting on the ground, and it's supposed to be a lot healthy. The spine is straight. Uh, you get a really good uh, exiting path. Uh, I suppose. And, um, it's, it's just changed my life and I know it's changed Dave's for the better. And Dr. Poopsky, Doc Brown, as I like to call him, he doesn't like us to call him that, but, uh, Doc Brown, we want to thank you and let you know that, yes, we are both regular and I'm going to make sure that, uh, I hear from Dave while he's on vacation and that with those exotic, uh, European diets that everything's going well with him too. Uh, everything is floating and, um, looking the right color so thank you for checking in uh but please next time don't send that to the uh the mailbag just in case we have another one of the incidents like this it's not really the kind of thing we like to talk about on the air so let's see what's what's next in the bag we've got coming to us from this one says his name is Pancho Villa and he says how can you create something with nothing uh well I I mean if you're talking to me as an artist I've Everything comes from some kind of idea, I suppose, but uh, you can, you know, you, you can describe things. If you don't have anything to work with, you know, you can always take mental notes about your next upcoming idea. uh, If that's what you're referring to, if um, what I think it might be is you're a creationist and you're asking how the universe can come into existence from nothing Uh, that I don't know because I've never seen a nothing and we've never had a nothing to study. But uh, as soon as the physicists, the astrophysicists out there, the, uh, you know, the people following in the footsteps of people like Dr. Stephen Hawking, as soon as as they find nothing to study, uh, we'll be sure to report their findings on the next episode of the Grindhouse podcast. Moving on, we have a question from Archibaldus Holbrook, who asks, where are all the baby pigeons? I only see them full grown. That's a great question. I don't think I've ever seen a baby pigeon either. My guess is um, they're in eggs, because uh, that's where most birds are when they're babies. But um, y- you may be onto to something, something big, because there's a lot of places I've never seen pigeons. And they tend to collect around urban environments. Uh, and I know that the uh, government has been doing a lot of experiments with uh, drone technology, um, biomechanical sort of things going on. And so I wouldn't put it past... You know, in this crazy world we're living in, uh, if uh, there there are no baby pigeons, and in fact pigeons are a man-made device uh, sent to spy on us from uh, some kind of other dimension reptilian overlords, something like that. Uh, now that's a lot of speculation there, of course, and we don't like to get too far into conspiracy theories here in the grindhouse. But you know, I hope that kind of helps you uh, at least at least give a little something to investigate. You know, do some research some Google searches and uh, see what you can find and get back to us. Looking forward to hearing back from you, Archibald. Thanks for the question. Let's see here. We have a question from clean Bobby who asks if you had to choose between these two powers, Ooh, a superhero scenario. I like that. So let's see what he's got to offer. We have option a, you can make people vomit from the taste of their own saliva uh, option B, you can swap a person's toenails and fingernails with their teeth. I think I'd choose B, but the um, uh, I wouldn't do it to other people. I'd do it to myself. I think that would be kind of like my power is that in the uh, the event of the fight, I could turn my fingernails into teeth and bite you with my fists. Our next question is from Jason who asks, how is it even possible that anyone attempts to make movies after... Dunstan checks in uh, Dunstan Dunstan checks in that was the film where I, I think it was a chimpanzee becomes uh, an employee at a fancy hotel. And, um, I, you know, I actually saw that in theaters. That was actually, <laughs> it's, it's not a great movie, but it was it's pretty fun time. But I'm going to kick that that question down the road, uh, Jason and, and wait until after the uh, remake of Dunstan checks in is made and, and then we'll address that. And I think we'll uh, have a lot more insight after that remake comes out. All right, moving on, I have a question from Dave, like Grindhouse Dave, like this, our Dave is asking the show a question. I, I'm assuming he got confused, he was probably trying to contact a different podcast, because I don't know why someone would send a question to their own podcast, but uh, hell, it's a good question, so uh, Dave, I hope you meant to ask me or you this, uh, but I'll go ahead and answer it anyway. Uh, So he asked, how do you view the constant recycling of propaganda that video games and heavy metal lead to mass shootings and violence? And I view it uh, like a person that is from the reality that we live in, where um, it's bullshit. It's obviously bullshit. And it's uh, the kind of thing that people say when they have to obey uh, lobbyist groups like the NRA. And um, get used to hearing it, though, because while we're here in this country and this is continuing to go on. There's still going to be blaming, uh, doom. I, you know, I remember, God, it was, uh, 1999. I was, um, I was away back in, back in my high school, we had this thing where we would go as camp counselors and we would, um, we would go away, uh, to, to a river, uh, escape. It was a camping place, big campgrounds. And we would all go there for a week. And, you know, back in those days, you could, you could actually could go dark from, uh, media and stuff. So um, I was there as a junior counselor that year and uh, we had no news, you know, no, no radio, nothing like that. And um, when we came back on Friday, the uh, Columbine shooting had happened and it was the craziest thing to leave your school. And there really wasn't really wasn't that kind of thing back then, you know, and to come back And your school, you know, while you were gone, has now got new rules that they have to lock all the doors during class. Uh, The kid that always wore the black trench coats has been expelled just because, Uh, you know, and this is we're out in South Texas, you know, far away from Columbine. And um, all of these changes had just been made while we were gone and we knew nothing of it. We just kind of came back to a different world. It was it was an odd, odd experience for me, but uh, not as odd as when they started blaming uh, the uh, computer game Doom. Uh, for the whole mess so that yeah that oh and Marilyn Manson don't forget about him he was apparently he was responsible too Uh, I mean just yeah so this stuff's been going on since the 90s and it's I don't know man I don't think they're going to stop blaming you know bullshit it's always been that way you know when a kid does a crime uh, what music did he listen to what you know what movies did he like what video games did he play and it's it's like come on, man. Focus on the real stuff. I mean, listen to people. They have problems. Talk to them. I don't know. I, hell, I don't know a damn thing, but, but I know that's not true. It's not that it's not video games and it's not heavy metal music because that stuff's awesome and it just makes life better. And Dave, I hope that answers your question. And if it doesn't, then you can answer it when you're back on your own show. Cause the, these questions are supposed to be from listeners, not, not from you and me. So what, what are you doing? All right. Anyway, safe trip back, Dave. I'll see you soon. Now we have an answer. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) We don't have an answer yet. We have a question from George St. George who asks, who let the dogs out? And uh, George St. George, I'm going to tell you, man, it's, it's been what? 20 something years since that song came out, since that question was asked. Uh, And uh, I, I don't know you, and I don't think we're ever going to know. Next up, I got a question from William Money, who asks, How do I clean the fantasy football trophy you made me without damaging it? It was in the kitchen for a while, and I got it all oily and sticky. Oh, wow. Well, those clients, they really track you down. This is a guy I made a uh, a sculpture for. It was a mutant football player uh, years ago. Uh, William, that's a painted sculpture, so you're going to want to be real careful with that paint job, but uh, I would say, yeah, just a a rag, and the same way you clean the oil off of dishes that are in the kitchen. Just use a rag, some uh, soapy water, probably just a little dish soap, and just be real gentle with it, and it should come off um, uh, pretty easily. On a side note, we are a cinema podcast often, and uh, I want to point out that William Money is also the name of uh, Clint Eastwood's character in the classic uh, western film Unforgiven which is just a rad movie and uh, definitely one of the ones I would recommend that you uh, go see if you haven't seen it already and we have a question from Tom Bakanan who asks are you going to finish those fries what kind of question is that man It's us write a podcast and ask them if they're going to finish some fries at Oh wait a minute! I know who this guy is. This is this is Thomas. I grew up with this. This is a friend of mine from when we were kids, uh, and I know what he's talking about too. Uh, Thomas and I we used to have a it was kind of like a gang, you know. When you're like twelve and you're like, I got a gang, you know, and uh, we called ourselves the um, the Destructo Knights, and it was uh, you know we didn't really do anything. Uh, I think one one of the, we were Destructo Knights because we would steal the old uh, broken fluorescent bulbs from behind the school and we would hit stuff with them. And it was like, you know, you're like a, it's like a sword of destruction. It's don't do it. You're going to get glass in your eyes. Probably it's, it's very dangerous. Uh, yeah. Don't do that. But it, it, if you do do it, it's pretty cool looking. But he ha- we had a little thing we do where, uh, when we would go to restaurants, we would take at, at the end of that We'd always leave about five or six French fries because at the end of the meal, we would make our little destructo nights symbol on the table. And we would leave it. It was like a triangular D, with a, uh, that leads into a K, you know, kind of a DK. And, um, I got pretty upset with him, uh, you know, a couple of years later when we started getting into high school and, uh, I'm seeing our Destructo night symbol and all the punk, you know, all the punk kids have it on their t-shirts, this DK. And, uh, so, cause this, it turned out this logo that Thomas had made up that I thought was just the coolest thing that he had stolen it from the dead Kennedy's logo And, uh, you know, I don't think the spelling it out in French fries thing is, is it goes, goes back to the punk scene, but, um, you know, it's still, it's when you think, when you think something's yours and you're bragging about it and you're drawing it on things and you think you're cool. And then you accidentally talk to some punk kid about how it's your Destructo night symbol. And you just look like the biggest nerd in the world. I got made fun of for that. And so, uh, you know what, Thomas? Yes, I am going to finish those fries. Let's see, moving on, we have a question from Jesse Butter, who asks, "What won't meatloaf do for love?" Oh, well, that's a great question. I mean, it's kind of a rhetorical question, but uh, meatloaf, yeah, it's it's like it does everything for love. Uh, it's it's um it's a great dinner. It's a great food. It's a you can make make it in the shape of a heart. Uh, you know, anniversary, make a nice meatloaf. Forget a birthday, make a meatloaf. Her mom's coming to visit, meatloaf. I mean, meatloaf to me is like the new flowers. It's, uh, you can even have it delivered. So you're right, man. I agree. What won't meatloaf do for love? I got a question from beefy gamers who asks, is it wrong to eat the Oreo cookie, but not the cream? Uh, No, no, it's not wrong. The cookie is the good part and the cream is totally gross. So don't eat the cream. Here's a good question uh, from Sam, just Sam. And Sam asks, How do we honor sexual identities in cinema considering the rapid changes in terminology and complexity in those communities? That's a great question, actually. Uh, And I I would say, you know, if you're going to be a filmmaker, if you're going to tell stories, uh, you you want to be honest and you want to know your limitations. So if you're talking about, you know, if you're telling a story and the characters are, come from a group that you don't have a lot of experience with, Go out and talk to people that are members of that community, get to know members of that community, you know, don't just guess, don't just, you know, I think, I think a problem is that a lot of times people include, uh, members of, you know, minority communities or LGBTQ communities because they, there's, there's a, a certain aspect that they want to put into a character you know something that maybe they maybe they think is funny and they want to do that kind of joke with that kind of character and that's always going to come out bad it, it just doesn't work if there's if there's something you really love about a certain community that you're not a member of and you want to tell a story with people like that you you need to get to know them and you need to make it believable you know uh and be honest like think of communities that you're a member of and if someone was telling a story about your community, whether it's musicians or sculptors or chefs or, 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 anything, if, but if someone, you know, when you, whenever you see yourself represented wrong, that's not so much a, um, a, uh, failure of, um, sensitivity it is, but it's, it's also a huge failure of storytelling uh, storytelling. It's bad art. You know, it's, it's an art failure. It's an artistic failure. Like you need to represent people in an honest way that is based not out of ignorance. You you got to get to know people. So I would say uh you know talking about sexual identity it, um if you want to tell a story about that and you're not a member of that community, go listen to them. And and that should help you. Next we have a member of Baquinda Dayhouse who asks, "Do you have a well thought out plan for self defense in case of a home invasion?" if so, what is it? And, uh, the answer is yes. Yes, I do. I, um, I leave. Like if I hear someone in the house, uh, you know, I just, I leave the house, uh, cause, um, that's dangerous. And so you just run away. It's as simple as that. Uh, you know, if, uh, there's other people in the house, uh, that need to get out too, uh, have escape plans for them, uh, maybe like rope ladders, uh, you can, Uh, something I think if you're on like a second floor, that'd be kind of fun. You know, if you you hear a noise downstairs and you, you know, you just take that mattress and, uh, push it out the window and then you can kind of, you know, have a little good time jumping down onto the mattress and run away. I mean, what's that guy going to, that home invader when they get up there and the windows open and they look out and they see the mattress. I mean, that's like something out of a movie that you did. It's like you're your own action star, you know? So don't, don't stick around. Don't try to try to fight. Just, uh, just run away and, uh, bring your cell phone. Then you can call the cops from the street and then you can sit at the neighbor's house and watch as the cops come and it's be a much better night. You'll have a much better time. So that would be my recommendation for that. Thank you for your question. Bakwinda. And uh, let's see what we've got next. Uh, This is from Bud Horn. He says, Lee Brule reckons when JFK Jr.'s body was recovered. What exactly was his shoe size? Wow. Okay. Um, he looked like about a 10. That, that'd be my guess. Uh, someone asks if we're naked when podcasting says he's says he's Robert Downey Jr. I doubt that. Uh, but no, <laughs> no, we're not naked. We, uh, that would be awkward. We actually do a video, uh, conferencing thing when we're podcasting with each other. And, um, yeah, if Dave were to do it naked, I, I might cancel that video thing and we have a lot of fun with that. So I don't, I don't, yeah, we're not going to do that. Though I do want to let you know that I really appreciate your question because um, it it, uh, it actually just solved a problem of mine. You may notice I'm a little, little breathy when I'm when I'm talking today. It's it's because I'm I'm here in Austin, Texas, and it's uh, you know it's the beginning of August and it's about 107 degrees outside today. And uh, the, one of the problems of uh, doing a podcast out of your home office is you uh, in Texas when it's 107 degrees, you really can't you can't crank that AC up like you'd like to. And man, guys, if I sound a little out of breath today, if I sound a little tired, I'm, I'm hot, like really hot right now. And, uh, well, d- guess what? That whole video chat nudity problem that I mentioned, it's, it's not so much an issue today because as we discussed before, I'm alone. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and I really do appreciate your question. Cause that, that reminds me that I can take my shirt off right now and, uh, there's no one to, here to judge, uh, except for you, the listeners at home. And, uh, well, that's the beauty of a podcast, isn't it? There's, there's no dress code. So, uh, if you'll give me just a second here, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, t- and take some clothes off and I'll be right back. Oh, that's better. That's a lot better. My goodness. Wow. Yeah. See, if I were to turn the fan on or crank the AC up to the appropriate level right now, that's about all you'd be hearing. So... Uh, to keep the uh, the audio quality, uh, you know, at the, the grindhouse standard, I've got to get a good sweat going every week these days, and, uh, and oh boy, I, I love the summer, I am a child of the sun, and I am a true Texan, but I the, the, this summer specifically, I, I think I'm kind of ready for the spring, it uh, or the fall, I guess that's what's next, right? Yeah, there's those seasons, that whole thing. All right, so anyway, thank you Robert Downey Jr., you have just made my life a lot cooler, and... I'm feeling a lot better and refreshed and I'm ready for the next question. Our next question comes from Adamatism, who asks, if you had to kill a Care Bear, which one would it be and why? And the the HAD is in all caps, so it's like, you have to do this. And I, you know, I, it's been a long, long time since I've seen anything to do with Care Bears. But uh, if so, I'm assuming this this is a situation where it's like do or die, like my life or the care bear, you know, uh, or or the the lives of my family uh, or maybe um, kill a care bear. We destroy the whole city, uh, you know, whatever convincing scenario you need to make it so that you would definitely execute that care bear. And so that's the situation we're in right now. And unfortunately, because it's been so long and I've seen this strange show from my childhood, I only remember the name of one. And I'm not even sure he was a bear. I think he was a lion called Braveheart. So um, since it's the only one I can remember, and I think he's technically a a member of the Care Bears, even though I think he was a lion, uh, I'd have to kill him because I, I just don't remember the names of any of the other Care Bears. So uh, sorry to all the Braveheart fans out there. He's going to have to go. Uh, but, but Care Bears, an interesting thing, though, uh, as far as, you know, we're a show about cinema and art and stuff. And. Um, there was something growing up called the Care Bear movie that was in theaters and stuff, and it was actually it was kind of wild. It had like uh, some kid; uh, he's, he became some villain, but called Darkheart, and I think the only way to kill him was uh, for everybody to care together. Uh, but but what I what I remember specifically about that was that, what, looking back, uh, I think that was the first instance in a um, in a film that that I saw that broke the fourth wall because. Uh in order to kill Dark I think it was Dark Heart was what he was called. In order to kill Dark Heart, or not kill him, but defeat him, I guess. You don't really you know, in a care bear movie, you're not really gonna be having like a permanent death situation. But in order to defeat Darkheart, everybody had to care together. Which included and they actually spoke to you through the screen, the audience at home also had to care. And they asked us, like it was a breaking of the fourth wall all the viewers at home, please start, you know, stand up, say, I care, we care. And if we all care together, we can defeat Darkheart. And I remember my brother and I d- getting up and doing it and saying, I care. And, um, and it worked apparently because, uh, the, the movie had a good ending. It had a happy ending because, because we cared, but, uh, yeah, it didn't, you know, it was uh, such a unique experience, uh, especially when you're that age. I think I was like six when you kind of believe that maybe you are helping. Uh, So that was a, that's a good question actually, because Care Bears, that's, and that's all I remember of Care Bears. uh, The breaking of the fourth wall, a guy that was a lion and somehow a Care Bear at the same time. And, um, and that's the guy I would kill. Okay, moving forward, uh, we have a question from Fast Eddie. It's not really a question. It's a, it's a, a, a gif of Mindy Kalin from the office and uh, she's saying number one how dare you so that do i answer that does that thanks for sending that um how dare i how dare you uh i don't know the office is a great show i do like to watch it but uh, uh eddie you kind of stumped me there okay let's go to the next one. Ooh, this guy's this is coming from daddy otis and uh ooh, he's got some serious language here um he asks, what do you think about that piece of shit, anti-Semitic prick who said he hoped God breaks her teeth out? Wow. Uh, if you at home listening, if you don't know what he's talking about, uh, this is related to the Sarah Silverman thing right now. Sarah Silverman's Silverman's got, uh, gotten some unwanted media attention recently because of uh, something she said in a comedy special that, God, she must have recorded like 15 years ago. And so what he's referring to is this preacher, uh, his name was Adam Fannin. He, um, I, he must I don't know, he must've been like flipping through Netflix one night, looking for something to watch, uh, hoping to find uh so he, he must've drifted over to the comedy section and, you know, they, uh, Hulu, Netflix, one of those streaming services, you know, they've got comedy specials going way back. And, uh, Sarah Silverman back in the day did one called Jesus magic. And, you know, we at the grindhouse, we love Sarah Silverman. She's awesome. Yeah, hilarious, always hilarious. Sarah Silverman's show was one of my favorites back when it was on Comedy Central. Fantastic. Uh, her her years on SNL, her work with uh, Mr. Show with David Cross and uh, Bob Odenkirk. It's gold. All of it's gold. Everything she does is funny. And uh, so if you haven't seen Jesus of Magic, check it out. But uh, apparently he hadn't seen it before either. And uh, maybe attracted by the title, uh, not knowing who Sarah Silverman was, um, he uh, he watched it and there's a part in it where she says something about uh how she's now it's a joke of course because she's a joke teller that's why she's that's how she makes her living but uh, she says something about how she's glad the Jews killed Jesus and uh she'd do it again you know it's like, I I can't I don't know the context it's been a long time since I watched it but I do remember it's a great comedy special uh she's in fine form that night but um he uh you know and this this happens a lot where these um out of touch righteous people they they just discover something from some famous person's career you know 10 20 years ago and they they don't really know the context or understand it and, and it just and, and suddenly they're you know they're they're outraged and and so he went up in front of his church and uh oh god he called her like a a witch and uh a, a, i think a, a lot of bad names we'll just leave it at that but uh he did say uh he hopes she dies, and he hopes God breaks her teeth out. I mean, that is that's rough, man, like she was telling jokes, but you weren't, you know uh so uh in response to your question, daddy otis, uh well, what I hope happened to him or happens to him is is what did happen to him, and I think it's great uh, he's been fired, he doesn't have a church anymore, yeah, and that's fantastic because you know I don't agree a lot with what goes on in church and the teachings and the Bible and all that. But I do understand that they're supposed to at least be, give the, give the impression that they're good people. And when you got a guy going, you know, ah, this woman's a whore and uh, break her teeth, God, please, you know, that's, uh, that kind of messes with that whole image. And uh, so I'm glad he lost his job. He lost his congregation. And um, just like today, we're seeing that you called him a, a piece of shit and a prick I'm sure there's a lot of that kind of talk going on in his life right now, as it should. And uh, I hope that persists just long enough that maybe he actually learns a little something about how to be kind to people. And um, eventually, uh, as the, uh, the pain of all that's happening to him and the um, sting of losing his career starts to calm down, maybe somewhere down the line, I hope he learns what a joke is and how to take a joke. And uh, that would be my, my hopes for that pastor. Uh, but uh, let's see what what, we, what do we have next? Next we have a question from a man. I'm assuming a man. Just another, just another 75 who asks, "Well, do you?" We have a lot of sci-fi fans that listen to the show. Just another must be one of them, and I know exactly what he's doing. Uh, big fans of Star. You know, we've done episodes about Star Wars before. We talk about it a lot, and uh, big fans of Star Wars. Some of them get so devoted that they actually take on, you know, you're familiar with the character Yoda. He's got that kind of putting the verb before the subject, uh, subject after the verb. He kind of reverses things when he talks. And I think that's what Justin's doing here. Uh, Well, do you? And so uh, to answer your question, Justin, uh, uh, yes, uh, well do I. Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you for checking in. And I hope as far as the uh, listening audience goes, I hope... um, do well, all of you, as as well. Our next question is... Okay. Okay, there's no way this is from a listener. Uh, it says it's from Silent Kev, but I think it's probably from a guy called Dave that's on vacation right now. And because um, it asks, is Tusk one of the most underrated horror gems of the 21st century? You know... Dave it'd be li- it'd be nice you know this this was kind of going to be my thing today and um to have an episode where I don't have to talk about Tusk just one you know maybe maybe I thought maybe this one would be the one where Tusk doesn't come up because uh we've gone over this it's it's not it's not my favorite man it's I didn't even like it you know <laughs> and the fact that you have to mm, that you're here that somehow from reaching over across the Atlantic Ocean, somehow you're here today making me talk about Tusk. All right, fine. Let's do it. Let's talk about Tusk. The skin suit, the walrus skin suit thing, not believable at all. Made no sense. I mean, when uh, doctors do skin grafts, they have to match blood types and all kinds of stuff. There's, There's so many, so many little holes in that. Johnny, Johnny Depp's character, what was he even doing there? Just a weird character. It made no sense. It wasn't a good character. And and his ooh, Kevin Smith's constant need to cast his daughter in roles in his films. She's just not good, Kevin Smith. I mean, maybe someday she will be, but she oh, it's just not what we want, man. You know, it to me the last great Kevin Smith movie was Red State. That was Man, that was cool. That was a great movie. Uh, if you haven't seen Red State, check it out. It's like, I don't know, yeah, we, I'm a big fan of that movie. We may have even recommended it on the Grindhouse podcast before. I'm not sure, but Red State is like, it's it's kind of like the uh, Westboro Baptist Church meets the uh, Waco uh, Branch Davidians uh, tragedy. It's, it's this crazy story, and John Goodman is just awesome in it. Uh, Kevin Smith's daughter is not in it. Uh, there's no stupid jokes it's man it's it's so good but uh tusk i'm he's not here today and i'm i'm able to speak freely avoid that if you haven't seen tusk already don't don't and dave i hope you make it back safe and we will have a talk about this when you get back our next question comes from pat the wrestler and he asks does paul kersey like children no, I'm sorry. No, a uh, chicken. <laughs> Does he like chicken? Uh, now I know enough about Charles Bronson's death wish films to know that Paul Kersey is the name of the lead character is, is put Charles Bronson's character. But I, I don't know if there's, there's a if the chicken thing is a reference, uh, to anything in the films or if it's just a random, uh, question. Our, our listeners tend to see, they do tend to send a lot of, uh, just kind of random thoughts that they get. Uh, but, um, Uh, Death Wish, man, that's a, that's a, you know what that I've always thought of the (laughs) that I've always thought of the Death Wish films as, um, they're kind of like the, uh, the the fantasy that the boomer generation gets the baby boomer generation that like, you know, that kind of, uh, we see a lot of it in uh, our laws now with like stand your ground laws. And, you know, they, they kind of want the uh, option to pull a gun on anyone. And, and to me, Death Wish and Charles Bronson represents like the epitome of that. It's like, He's this kind of older guy that, that fights with punks and gangsters and minorities. And uh, when he can't win with his fists, well, he just pulls out a gun, you know, and he takes care of... I mean, there's a clip in, I think it's like Death Wish 2, where uh, Charles Bronson as, a, as, as Paul Kersey, he's literally like walking down the street with a, like a really nice like Nikon camera on his back. And this, um, this gangster kid just comes running and like steals it. And as he's running away with the camera, Bronson just pulls out a pistol, like this giant, like, foot-long pistol, and just shoots the kid in the back, you know, kind of smashing his heart into his ribs and blowing a hole out the front of his chest. It's it's brutal, but it's like, <laughs> what the hell, man? <laughs> like, that's not... And he's the he's the uh, protagonist of the film. He's a good guy, right? Just, you know, some poor kid stole his camera. We'll just... Ah, there you go, kid. Now you're dead. And that is like... Uh, There's so it's so obvious. It's the whole film, the whole franchise. is just this like fantasy of old folks that like old men, like old white men that are just like too out of shape from like years of just sitting around being, you know, hateful and angry and, 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 and tired. And they're just like, now they're just these, like, out of shape, old, grizzled old men. And they're like, yeah, they wish they could do something about these punks. You know, I wish I could just, oh, just one of them talk to me. Just make a one move. I'll stand my ground, you know. And that's and that, to me, is like, that's Death Wish. It's just them to get to, like, sit in a theater for 90 minutes and just watch Charles Bronson do all those things that you'd go to jail if you tried. But uh, he, he somehow gets to get away with it because, you know, he's... He's handsome and he's cool and he's got big biceps and he's he just everything that uh, that you that you didn't get to become because you're a an angry old baby boomer, that Republican guy. And now you're just but but man, you can live vicariously through Paul Kersey and he probably likes chicken because it's delicious. All right, moving on. Oh, this is great. We we don't get a lot of these. Uh, so this listener has been paying attention and he's seen that I am a sculptor. And he's actually asking a, a bit of a shop question. We don't like to do a lot of shop talk on the show, I, or maybe we do. I don't know. At least not my shop. We, we talk a lot about filmmaking, but uh, he's got an actual uh, sculpture question. And he says, what kind of mold-making material and or resin would you recommend to an amateur model maker? And uh, that's real easy, man. Work with silicones. Silicone molds are uh, easy to use. It sets up fast. It's durable. It lasts a long time. And um I think you won't regret it. So uh, look into that. Uh, Reynolds Advanced Materials is a uh, great supplier. And uh, polyester resins are also real easy to pour and use. They're a little toxic. Uh, A lot of this stuff is toxic. But, hey, man, it comes with the territory. If you're going to make the sculptures, you know, if you're going to get in the kitchen, if you can't take the fumes, get out of the kitchen. Or at least wear some uh, personal protective gear, uh, you know, a half mask to protect you from the uh, ventilator to protect you from the fumes, uh, safety glasses, stuff like that. It's real important. Gloves. You're gonna want some rubber rubber gloves on, uh, but um, yeah, man. Thanks for asking a sculpture question. How cool is that? Uh, that's probably uh, the only time that's ever gonna happen on the show, but uh, awesome. And that question was from Yo Adrian, who's a uh, very talented tattoo artist. I'm having a look at his Instagram, Yo underscore Adrian with with three N's. So uh, yeah, if you're looking to get some get some ink done, we're big supporters of tattooed people. I I don't have tattoos. I don't have a single one, but uh, Dave's practically covered in them. This whole body's a story. He's like a, like a Japanese yakuza, but you know, he's not like that at all. He's just like a tattooed American. But um, yeah, yo, Adrian, good uh, shout out to you, man. You're a talented guy, and I um, can't wait to see what you make in the 3D department. Well, I guess I guess tattooing technically is 3D because the canvas isn't flat, but uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, looking forward to seeing what you create. Let me know if uh, if it helps. Thank you. I got a question from from Jake. Who says, uh, this is, hmm, I don't know if I'm reading this uh, with the wordings here. Uh, How come we, parentheses, species, all quotation different, but everyone and thing poops and pees? How come we species all different, but everyone and thing poops and pees? Uh, Well, I I don't think that everyone and and thing does poop and pee. Um, <laughs> pooping and peeing is a pretty specific action that, uh, comes from leaving, you know, waste leaving the body, but, uh, uh, look around in the animal kingdom, uh, maybe read some of Richard Dawkins, um, though, from the wording of this, this sentence that some of those books might not, well, no, give it a go. Give it a try. I think, I think you can handle it, Jake. Uh, but yeah, read some zoology and stuff and you'll find out there's, oh, wow. Nature has all kinds of creative ways of expelling waste. Uh, from, uh, you know, animals with just one single orifice to animals with, with way more than two. It's a, it's truly a magical kingdom out there. And, um, you know, and we are all different and, and it turns out we're actually different in that way too. Thank you for your question, Jake. And, um, I, I feel like Jake's one of those guys that when he speaks, it makes a lot more sense than when he writes. Uh, thanks for the question, Jake. And now we're uh, reaching way down into the bottom of the mailbag. Uh, I think we're coming up on the last question. It's from uh, Tristan the Celestial Prince Smith, who is, wants us to call him Horse. So oh, sorry about that, Tristan. I mean, the question's from Horse. Uh, and it says Do you think art died long ago? And now we're just putting makeup on the corpse? Well, uh, Tristan, I mean, even if we were just putting makeup on a corpse, that's a form of art too, isn't it? There's guys that get paid to do that. That's, a, that's an old form of art. In fact, uh, you know, every funeral has someone with makeup on a corpse. Uh, do I think art died? Hell no. Do I think art has changed quite a bit? Absolutely. And it's awesome the way it's changed. We're coming into an era where uh, we're seeing a lot of the traditional mediums. Uh, not really die but become way more accessible like look at photography you know back in the day if you wanted to be a photographer you needed what did you need you need an expensive camera you need to buy a bunch of film you you needed a way to develop that film maybe a dark room a way to print that film uh nowadays what do you need a digital camera done Uh, some people even use their phones i hmm, i'm a little i'm still a little old school where i'm like you know hey man change the lens i mean something flashes you know there's i i'm gonna need a little more than the phone but uh what i'm saying is art's not dying man it's thriving it's it's everywhere it's like it used to be this uh, this this weird little tree that only grew in the most specific environments and you had to nurture it and take care of it and learn how to you know see every little need it 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 has and and you know if, if you did it right you could make art And nowadays you just have to want art, and you can make art. I mean, it's it's for everyone now. Uh, I've I mean I've I haven't tu- I'm a sculptor and I haven't touched clay in like two years. Everything I do now is with a program called ZBrush. It's a lot of three D printing, a lot of stuff like that. It's it's awesome. I mean, and it t- man, it took a long time to get there, and I can see a future where what I do now is going to be done with, uh, by, by kids. Uh, cause uh, we, our artificial intelligence, um, not, not the, you know, Terminator weirdo kind, but like the, the real kind that the, you know, where the computer just kind of is good at guessing what you want, uh, and, and, and operating things and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, that's coming, man, and it's going to change everything. And and so is art dead? No art is everywhere. It's becoming the, I mean, it's instead of becoming the rare flower, it's becoming the grass on the lawn. It's it's as common as that. Its art is all around, and anybody that wants to do it can get involved. Uh, I shouldn't be making a podcast. I mean, if you're listening to this, you shouldn't be because I'm you know back in the day, you had to have a radio license and all that stuff to get anyone to hear you. And uh, nowadays, we can all be heard. We can all get our voices out. If you got an idea, make it happen. So art's not dead. Art is. Awesome! Now art is like easy to do, and it's everywhere. And all you have to have is an idea and the drive. You don't even have to have a big budget anymore, and you can make art. So uh, that's and that's the last question of the day. And man, I really thank you for that question, Tristan. That's that's a great question because that's I mean that's everything I I, I uh, believe in nowadays. It's just it's we're, technology, communication, all of these things have made it where art is something that we can share and all be a part of. Even people who don't think they're creative, look at them. They're, they've got Instagram accounts. They're expressing themselves. They're, they're. Everybody's doing it, and that's awesome. That's what you want. It shouldn't be something for just a niche pe- group of people. It shouldn't be something that only the artists do because it's it's all of us, man. We all need, we all, we've all got stories to tell. We've all got ideas, and it's time to get them out. So, uh, Tristan, I don't know what you do as an artist, uh, but asking a question like that, I assume. You might be one. So I hope someday uh, to, that you'll uh, send us more than just a question. Maybe send us some uh, samples of what you do because we'd love to see it. And that goes for all our listeners, man. If you're artists out there, we want to see what you do. We want to see who you are. We want to know who's listening to the show because uh, we, we'd we like to be kind of start turning into kind of like a hub for, you know, art-minded people that just want to express themselves and, and and like that kind of stuff. I don't know. But, uh, I, well, shoot, we're coming up on uh, – Not exactly an hour. We usually usually try to aim for an hour with these shows, but um, I think uh, we're out of questions. And uh, I mean, maybe it's okay if it goes a little short because it's just one guy this time. But uh, we hope you've enjoyed, or I, okay, I hope you've enjoyed listening to the Grindhouse podcast today. And um, tune in next week. Dave's going to be back. Uh, Jess is going to be back. We're going to have an actual outro, which I'm I'm about to do. I'm going to try something. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I hope I, so that's it for the questions. Keep them coming. It's always fun. And maybe we'll do another one of these soon, or maybe we'll get like a segment going in the show where we answer more of your questions and, uh, cause that, that's been a really good time and it's really cool seeing what you guys think and what you ask. And, you know, even the, even the silly ones, especially the silly ones, uh, we love you all. So, uh, that, this is Matt signing off. Tune in next week to the grindhouse podcast. You've been listening to the Grindhouse Podcast on the magic Jesus is going to break your teeth network. Please follow us on Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast and listen to us every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher or wherever all fine podcasts can be found.